If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey today teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snares of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who made heaven and earth. God is good. And all the time where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in the midst. Is God with us? Yes or no? Yes, he is. God does not enjoy doubt. He likes faith. Are you with me? The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. You may have a fancy service and no faith, and it means nothing to God. Are you following me? Without faith, it is impossible to please God. You can make all the noise you like, and you have no faith in this. Someone may be impressed, but it won't be God. Without faith, come on, tell me again. It is impossible. What does the Bible say about faith? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If it is not based on this, God has nothing to do with it. Remember the Israelites worshiping the golden calf? The Bible says they rose up to eat and drink, sat down to eat and drink, rose up to play. They were having a tremendous time and God was telling Moses he intends to kill them. While they were so-called worshiping, God was telling Moses, I'm going to kill them. How are you? I didn't mean to depress you so early. <laughs> How was your day? Good. So was mine. Is it, does it always rain like this in the, this part of the universe? <laughs> all yesterday virtually. And surely all today, rain, rain, rain. Mm. Anyway, there's some parts of the country suffering drought. We have to arrange for some of this rain to go to where there is a drought. Well, I'm glad you're here. I really am. God bless you. When I see people in church, I, I thank them for coming. They're all excuses we can give not to come. Now, we are in football season in the United States. The playoffs are usually when it's cold. And those stadiums are packed. Mm -hmm. One of the most uh, well-known stadiums is Green Bay. It's an outdoor stadium. <laughs> Green Bay gets cold in the winter. When the team is in the playoffs, those people come wrapped in sweaters and mufflers and hats and they come and they sit and they hope it goes into overtime. You ask the same people, Come to church. It's too cold. It's too far. How far is it? 200 yards. You see, God knows this. We think God only looks at this. He knows this. So we give God a lot of this. Mm -hmm. Not this. I am glad you are here. 
Tomorrow, if it rains, you'll go to work. Are you with me? Mm-hmm. You'll go to work. Tonight, too. Mm-hmm. So people don't, don't tell me I can't come to church because it's raining. All right. I'm not being upon you. I just want you to think very clearly. Let me welcome those of you online. I'm very delighted you're with us. I don't know if it's raining where you are, but whatever the case, I'm glad you're with us, and may the Lord bless you. And I particularly welcome little boys and girls who are watching. May the Lord bless you, bless you. Jesus was once a little boy, and he was a good little boy. And you can also be a good little boy and a good little girl if you will study this and obey mommy and daddy. Who's with us tonight? You're not a Seventh-day Adventist. May I see your hand? You are not a Seventh-day Adventist. God bless you. What's your name? Arthur Tucker. Hello, Brother Tucker. How are you? Good to see you. I'm fine. Thanks for asking. Good to see you. Well, yes, it's good to be alive. In a world where people die every day, it's good to be alive. Brother Tucker, where are you from? Miami. Well, you're in your home state, so it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. God bless you. Thanks for coming. When I say God bless you, may God bless you and may that blessing remain on your life permanently. Somebody else, you're not a Seventh-day Adventist, you're visiting with us, may I see your hand. Is that a hand? No? Okay. Anybody else? There's a hand? No? All right. Well, we can't force the hand. All right. If you're online, your guest, God bless you. God bless you. Our subject for this evening, it's that simple. What did I say? What was our subject last night? Dress for the occasion. What was the subject the night before? Monday. A level above forgiveness. What was the subject the night before? Mango trees cannot yield. You have a very good memory. God bless you. In preparation for the message, I always ask you politely, if you're not using one of these, turn them off. If you're using them, turn off the sound. As I said last night, I believe it was, you've been very good with, in that respect, and I thank you so much for thinking of God's love for reverence. Favor number two, while I'm speaking, pray for me and say, Lord, put your words in that man's mouth. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 9, then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, behold, I have put my words in thy mouth, and truly I want to speak God's words, because my words cannot save you. They may excite you, they may make you jump and shout and fall down in the pew, but they cannot save you. These will save your life. If you accept them. And favor number three, what's that? Think. What verse do we use? Isaiah 118. Come on, tell me. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. The best thinkers on earth should be children of God. Because we have the Spirit of God to guide our thinking. Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Let us pray. Father in heaven, we're so grateful for life. Thank you for it. All life comes from you. We thank you for bringing us to this place to worship you tonight. Father, quickly and completely forgive our sins, particularly mine. And I ask you, Father, to speak to us simply, directly, and powerfully, that the words spoken might change the lives and the hearts of those who are listening. Grant a special blessing to all our guests. We're so happy to have Brother Tucker. And those online who are guests, bless them, Father. A sweet blessing on all the children. 
Father, bless every country represented by those watching, particularly the host country of the United States. We know the Bible tells us we're in for a terrible time. But Father, help us to do all we can now to make life a blessing for others. Now, dear God, possess me without reservation. Speak through me, dear God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Let God's people say, Amen and Amen. Let us go to Second Peter chapter 3. We'll read from verse 10. What's our subject? Is that simple? Second Peter chapter 3, we'll read 10 to 13. I'm reading from the King James Version of the Bible. When you found it, you can alert me by simply saying, Amen. But some of you are still looking, even though you said amen. Second Peter chapter 3, reading from verse 10. Let's go. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Verse 11, seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day in God, God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent hate. Now, read verse 13 carefully. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Now, that tells us immediately that righteousness was not the distinguishing feature of the world that God will destroy. Because God does not destroy righteousness. Remember what Abraham said to God? Will thou destroy the righteous with the wicked? He said, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? You cannot destroy the righteous. Second Peter 3, 10 to 13, we see at the end of verse 10, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up, which means all of that is unrighteousness. And when God makes a brand new world, verse 13, what will distinguish that world? Righteousness. The earth and the heavens that God will remake. Righteousness will be the quality of life in that new world. All right. Having said that, let us go to Acts chapter 17. Acts 17, we read verse 30. Our subject is that simple. The book of Acts, written by Luke, by the way. He wrote two books, Acts and Luke. Do you have Acts 17, verse 30, 3-0? Do you have it? Read with me. What does that say? No, verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness. Stop. God's judgment of this world will be based on righteousness because that is the standard to determine who will enter the new world where the lifestyle is righteousness. Are you following me? Let me tell you something about the gospel. The Bible says of God, 2 Peter 3 verse 9, the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, the Bible also says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. 
God's desire is that all people would come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, we know that all people are not highly educated. Are you with me? Most people are not highly educated. Therefore, if God says, I wish that all people would come to the knowledge of the truth, which is the gospel, then the gospel must be what? Simple. Mm-hmm. The gospel must be simple. In order for God to desire and hope that all people will come to the knowledge of the truth. All right, keep this in mind that the gospel is simple. What's our subject? It's that simple. We've discovered that the new world will be distinguished by righteousness. We've discovered God's judgment will be based on righteousness. Let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. Our subject is that simple. It is now, ooh, five minutes to eight. Thanks again for the extra time. I'll release you by 8.30, hopefully. I know you have to work tomorrow or go to school or do something. What book did I say? Second Timothy chapter 4. We read verses 7 and 8. Do you have that? Read with me. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's later for me what? A crown of righteousness. Stop. A crown of righteousness. Which I will wear in what kind of world? A righteous world. And I'll enter that world because I've passed the judgment which is based on righteousness. Are you with me? The new world, all righteousness. That's a lifestyle. The judgment, a righteous judgment. The crown God puts on your head, a righteous crown. Now keep reading. Which the Lord, come on. Ah, wait a minute now. The judge is righteous. The standard is righteous. The judge is righteous. The new world is righteous. The crown is righteous. Then we need to ask, how do I get that righteousness? How do I get it? Let's go to Genesis 15. It's that simple. It's so simple you won't believe it. Well, you might not, but I hope you do. Some people need things complicated for them to attempt to believe it. You know, simple things, oh, this is beneath me, I can't believe that, it's too easy. But God is a simple God. Simplicity is power. What book did I say? Genesis, what chapter? 15, let's read from verse 1. We're about to answer the question, how do we get righteousness? Let me pray again. Dear God in heaven, as I continue, speak very clearly through me, I pray in Jesus' name, amen. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Read with me. And Abram said, Lord God, what wilt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Elias of Damascus? Keep reading. And he said, Behold, to me thou hast given no seed, and lo, one born in mine house is mine heir. And he brought him forth abroad and said unto him, What? This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thy own bowels shall be thine heir. Now let's go to five. And he brought him forth abroad and said unto him, What? Look now toward heaven and tell the stars, if thou be able to number them. Pause. Let's understand what Abraham is about to believe. Go to Genesis 11.
Let's find out something about Sarah. She was called Sarai. She became Sarah in chapter 17, verse 15. Read verse 30 of Genesis 11. What do we read? But Sarai was barren. She had no child. Now, someone tell me, when a woman is barren, what does that mean? She cannot have children. Physically, it's an impossibility. Notice I said physically. I did not say spiritually. Because with God, aha, uh-huh, remember that. If there's someone listening to me, you desire a child, get yourself right with God. God may decide to bless you with a miracle. The Bible says she was barren. She had no child. Now, let us go to Genesis 12. We read from verse 1. The Bible tells us first, this woman could not have children. Verse 1, chapter 12. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Now, how can a man who has one wife, and she's barren, be the father of a great nation. But God expected him to believe it. <laughs> Are you with me? I want you to observe something else. Let's read verses 1 to 3 again. This time, there are places where the pronoun I should be, but it's not physically there, but it belongs there. Let's read again. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. Keep reading too. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. Go on, and I will make thy name great, yes, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse him that curseth thee, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. What did God tell Abraham to do? leave but notice all the eyes I will do this I will do that I just obey me and leave the rest come on to me isn't that simple obey me and leave the rest to me so I will make of thee a great nation. Not your, your masculinity. I. I will make your name great. Don't go trying to make it great. I'll make it great. I'll bless them who bless you. I'll curse them who curse. I'll handle your enemies. You don't handle them. Turn them over to me. Because I can deal with them with a finality that you couldn't produce. Are you with me? Now, let's go to chapter 15 again. What's our subject? It's that simple. Verse 5. And he brought him forth abroad and said, What? Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. Well, he couldn't number them then. No one can number them now. Finish verse 5. And he said unto him, What? So shall thy seed be. Now, God is saying that to a man whose wife, come on, was barren. And he knew that while God was saying that in the vision, she was barren. But read 6. And he believed in the Lord. Come on. And he counted it to him for righteous. Mm-hmm. What's her subject? It's that simple. Well, it's that simple. 
Abraham did what? He believed God. What did he believe? His wife is barren. What did he believe? The impossible. There are people who believe my life can never change. Wrong. There are people who believe this can never happen. That can never happen. I can't conquer this weakness or that weakness. Wrong. God specializes in the impossible. And this man Abraham, he believed in the Lord. But I want to connect something to something else. Go back to verse 1 of Genesis 15. Our subject, it's that simple. Our time, 5 after 8. Verse 1, read with me. After these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield, and thy exceeding great reward. What came to Abraham? The word. The word. Read verse 4. And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, What? This shall not be thine heir, but he that shall come forth out of thine own bowel shall be thine heir. What came to Abraham? The word. It's repeated. The word. But read verse 6. What did Abraham believe? In the Lord. Now put two and two together. The only way to believe in the Lord is to believe his word. It's that simple. The only way to believe God is to believe this. Which means now, this is frightening. When you turn your back on this, finish my words. You've turned your back on God. It's that simple. When you turn your back on this, I don't care how much you shout in church, how many suits you wear, how many pairs of shoes you wear at the same time, you have turned your back on God. And so the Bible says in verse 6, Genesis 15, and he believed in the Lord. In other words, he believed what God said. With no human possibility of this thing coming to pass. He trusted God to do what he could not do. He believed. Now the central teaching of the Bible is righteousness by faith. How God saves a person. Righteousness by faith. And the great apostle Paul, in trying to explain this teaching, he writes two books. Galatians, what's the other one? Romans. Trying to deal with righteousness by faith. There's one man he uses as an example, and that man is Abraham. In Romans, he uses Abraham. In Galatians, he uses Abraham. And on both occasions, he refers to the fact that Abraham did what? Believe God. And it was counted unto him for righteousness. God has a right to count righteousness to whomever he chooses. When God saw the faith of Abraham, God, this is righteousness. This is righteousness. What God did with Abraham was what he did with Methuselah. Because there's only one way to be saved. And that's righteousness by faith. Go to Luke 18. We'll read from verse 9. Eight, Luke 18 from verse 9. Let's take a look at righteousness by faith. And remember to reason, reason. Luke 18 
Reading from verse 9. Yes, and he spake, what? This parable unto certain which trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised. Now, here we have a man who thought he was righteous. <laughs> Abraham never thought that. God told him, oh, this man declares himself to be righteous. Mm -hmm. Which really is satanic behavior. Which he, he, he despised others. Two men went up into the temple to pray. The one and the other are publican. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus, what are the next few words? With himself. How many people on weekends stand in church on and pray to themselves? Not trusting God, they pray to themselves. You think because you sit in a church you're safe? Listen to me. One of the greatest catastrophes of the old of ancient world was the destruction of come on before after that where not just the temple jerusalem between 66 a.d and 70 one of the greatest disasters of ancient time was the destruction of jerusalem the city of god's people josephus tells us people were eating each other's children because the romans surrounded them they couldn't get food so two women would agree, okay, today we eat your child. And tomorrow, we eat yours. A church. When Paul was killing the Christians, he was working for a church. Nobody's listening. He was working for a church. The Spanish Inquisition. <laughs> I won't tell the internet. <laughs> the Spanish Inquisition was developed, come on, by a church. When Tyndale and uh, Wycliffe wanted to popularize the Bible, their lives were threatened, come on, by a church. Luther was persecuted by a church. You're not safe because you're in a building called a church. You are safe if you're standing on, thus saith the Lord. And those who were standing on, thus saith the Lord, they had to run into the wilderness where they had no church. The church. The secular people said, I find no fault. It, the church said, kill him. Three times Pilate said, I find no fault. The church said, kill him. You think the church has changed? Let's get back to Luke 18. What verse are we in? 10, 11. What does that say? The Pharisees stood and prayed thus with themselves, Lord, I thank thee that I am not as other men are. Come on. Extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this public. I'm not like him. I fast. I give tithes. I'm not like him. <laughs> Verse 13. And the publican, come on. Standing. Why? Why, 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 why? He's not worthy. He's not worthy. So he stands where I have no right to come to the front. 
way off, would not so much as what lift up his eye, will not look up. But did what? Smote upon his breast saying, what God, come on, be merciful to me. God is my only help. Jesus said in verse 14, I tell you. No, don't guess. I tell you. And Jesus says, I'm the truth. This man went down to his house. Come on. Justified. Come on. Rather than the other. Stop. That man experienced righteousness by faith. His faith was in God. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I can't help me. If I could help me, I wouldn't come to you. Now oh, you missed it, except my sister. If I could change me, I wouldn't come to you. I've tried, I've struggled to stop this and that. I'm coming to you, God, just be merciful to me. He recognizes his helpless condition. He recognizes God as his only help. And he believes that God can help him. And he went down to his house, justified, meaning made right with God or made righteous. It is that simple. Now, faith, to be faith, produces works. Are you with me? And so James says, for as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. Also, someone who has experienced righteousness by faith will act differently. We'll begin to speak differently. We'll start dressing differently. Why? Because faith is a living thing that produces changes from the inside out. That's why the only proof of genuine conversion is one word starts with an O. Come on. Obedience. Mm -hmm. Obedience. Is that simple? Obedience. Let's go to Romans 10. Romans 10. We read from verse 1. What's our subject? Is that simple? Listen to me. If someone listening to me now has any doubt about your eternal salvation, you can leave this building with security. This building or online. Romans 10. Let's read from verse 1. Let me pray. Father, as I continue, please give me simple language, dear God, but 100% biblical. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What does verse 1 say? Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be. For I bear them that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Now carefully, verse 3. For they going about being ignorant of God's righteousness, come on, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted to the righteousness. Now we have two righteousnesses. One is genuine, one is fake. But the word righteousness is used. They're going about to establish their... You see, if you can establish your righteousness, you don't need God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You've got your own standard. You don't need God. They're going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. Let the Bible tell you one reason Christ came to this earth. Stay in Romans, this time chapter 8. We read from verse 1. Our subject is that simple. 
You can leave this church qualified for heaven. Just like that. You have Roman, uh, Romans 8 from verse 1. Read with me. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. Verse 3. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Next verse. That the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled where? In us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. Not that we might produce righteousness but that the righteousness might be fulfilled in us. Christ came to show you can live above sin. That's what the verse means by condemning in the flesh. There's no need to do what you do or what I do. He showed us with our own nature, which he took, born of a woman as we are, taking a, uh, receiving the, the, the genetic, uh, uh, whatever Mary passed on, he took. And in that condition, he conquered sin. Showing to us, you don't have to do that. If you'll put your trust in God. As Christ in his humanity put his absolute trust in God. But if we think back on Abraham. He believed what? The word. He believed the word. To believe the word as I said is to believe God. To believe the word is to receive it. You don't believe the word on your skin. You believe it in here. And since the Bible says in Genesis 15, 1, the word of the Lord came to him. And in verse 6, he believed the Lord. We know the word of the Lord and the Lord cannot be separated. So when you receive the word, finish my words. The Lord, someone asked, I was on a Bible study before I came here, Zoom, church in England, run by a friend of mine. I like to join from time to time. And one member asked, how does Christ abide in us? By the word. Mm -hmm. You see, this word brings the life of Christ. Mm -hmm. It brings the life of Christ. Well, let the Bible tell you. You're looking at me strangely. Go to 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's read verse 23. 1 Peter 1 verse 23. It is now 20 minutes after 8. I've got 10 minutes. Maybe I'll steal 5 more. I'm not sure. Thou shalt not steal. Yes, sister. <laughs> Why do you have to remind me now? Okay, <laughs> thou shalt not steal. Well, thou shalt not remind the preacher. Okay, what book did I say? First Peter. First Peter, what chapter? One. Read verse 23 as I talk about the word of God. Being born again, stop. That's another word for righteousness by faith. That's another word for conversion. That's another word for forgiveness. Being born again, keep reading, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, and what is it? By the word of God, which liveth and abideth. Now, wait a minute. If the word of God lives and abides forever, it is what? It's, and yeah, it is not what I'm looking for. It starts with a D. You're right. Eternal, yes, starts with a D. Then an, it's divine. God's word is divine. Let's look at the verse again. Being born again, not of corruptible, something that perishes, but of 
incorruptible. Now, what is that? The word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. We are born again by the word of God. Go to the book of James, right before 1 Peter. We have James. James chapter 1, read verse 18. Our subject, it's that simple. Of his own will begat he us how? With the word of truth. What does begat mean? To give birth to. It's no different from 1 Peter 1.23, being born again. We are begotten by the word of God. When you receive it and believe it, the way who believed? Abraham. My brothers and sisters, we complicate the messages of the Bible. We want to know who did Cain marry. I have no interest in who Cain married. It has nothing to do with your salvation. You know how many horses went to the ark? I really don't care. What do I need to be saved? Believe this. Believe it in here and here. What's the subject? Is that simple? Let me see what you remember. In the new world, what's the, what's the lifestyle? One word, righteousness. The judgment is based on, come on, one word, righteousness. The judge is described as righteous. The crown you get, righteous. Mm-hmm. All righteous. Now, when you receive righteousness, let me show you what you receive. Go to 1 Corinthians 1. Let's read verse 30. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 30. That is one of the most awkwardly worded verses in the entire Bible. It took me a long time just to memorize that single verse. The first part is so awkwardly arranged. Well, it might not be awkward for you. 1 Corinthians 1, 30. 3, 0. Read it with me. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. Come on, wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Christ is our wisdom. Come on. He's our redemption, righteousness. He's our sanctification. He's our righteousness. Redemption, righteousness, wisdom, sanctification. Christ is all of that to us. Go to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2. Let's read the first line of verse 14. Of Ephesians 2, our subject is that simple. Do you have it? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 14, the first line. That's all we need. For he is our peace. There is no peace for the believer if Christ is not where? In the heart. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus. He is our peace. Ephesians 2.14, 1 Corinthians 1.30, he is our wisdom, he is our redemption, our righteousness, our sanctification, and our redemption. He's all of that. And it is all offered to us where? In the word. You receive this. You receive Christ. And he or she who has Christ has wisdom, has redemption, righteousness, has sanctification. And has redemption. And has peace with God. John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. He who has Christ has life. And the life that Christ brings is in the word. 
Let the word show you. Father, as I continue, I'm close to closing. Give me fresh wisdom, Father, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Go to Genesis 1. Genesis 1, I hope my online friends are still with us. Wherever you are around the world. I get texts all the time. I'm watching, I'm watching, I'm watching. May the Lord bless you wherever you're watching. Don't just watch, but heed what you learn. If you don't follow, it becomes a witness against you. Genesis 1, let's read from verse 11. When you found it, say amen. And God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb yielding seed, and the fruit tree yielding fruit after his kind, whose seed is in itself upon the earth. And it was so. Verse 12, and the earth brought forth grass. Stop. An herb yielding seed. Now, is grass a living thing, yes or no? Yes. yes. What created it? So the word must have what? Life. That we cannot explain. The word has life. Because when God said, let the, let the earth bring forth grass, God did not go and do anything else. The word, the word did it. Go to verse 20. Read with me. And God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that hath life. And fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of heaven. Are fish alive? Are birds alive? Yes. How were they made? By the word. The word has life. Go to John 11. Our subject is that simple. John 11. Verse 43 of John 11. Verse 43. Jesus is at the tomb of Lazarus. Are you with me? Read with me. And when he thus had spoken, he cried with a loud voice and said what? Lazarus, come forth. Keep reading. And he that was dead did what? Came forth. Stop. Listen to these words. Let there be light. And there was light. Come forth. And he came forth. Are you with me? That's the word of God. He that was dead. Which means the word of God. Yes, but I want another word. Can resurrect you. You're not impressed. Uh, if you're not impressed with the word, there's nothing I can do. The word of God can resurrect you. Physically. And spiritually, go to Ephesians 5 quickly. Let me show you what I mean. Ephesians 5, we read verse 14. Now, this is spiritual resurrection. Ephesians 5, verse 14. Our subject is that simple. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. That's pointing to the sinner. If you read verses 3 to 5, you see all the sins you see the sinners commit. Just a sample list. And so verse 14 speaks to them. Awake thou that sleepest in the Bible. Sleep is death. And so when you read awake thou that sleepest, it's the same thing as arise from the dead. It's a poetic expression. The word. The same word that said Lazarus come forth is telling you arise from the dead. The dead of alcoholism. The death of drugs. The death of a secular mind that sees no point for God. Arise from the dead. Now, if you will believe that, you'll be shocked how your life will change. Because the power that said Lazarus come forth is in these words, arise from the dead. Your spiritual death, believe it. 
as Abraham believed God. And God said, that's righteousness. Believe it. But the carnal mind does not like to believe. And so God has given to every man the measure of faith. Are you with me? God is so good, he gives every person a piece of faith at birth. And then the Spirit tells you, exercise it. The Spirit can't, God can give it to you without your permission. You have to exercise it, he can't force it. Believe. Believe. I can change your life. There's something called, you know, all alcoholics are called recovering alcoholics. But if you believe in this, no, you're a victorious one. Are you with me? You conquered it. By this, you recovered. Not recovering. They're not recovering sinners. They are victorious saints. You read the epistles of Paul, he does not refer to members as sinners. He calls them saints. This recovering alcoholic. Mm -mm. God doesn't send, God doesn't send Christ to produce recovering alcoholics. He sent Christ to produce victory over every vice. Because when you're born again, you're a new creature. All things have passed away, including alcoholism. But you gotta stay in Christ. Let me close the book. What's our subject? It's that simple. Abraham believed in the Lord. Question for you. Do, do you believe God can save you? Do you believe God can change some negative aspect of your personality? Yes. Do you believe it with all your heart? Yes. If you do, and you stay in this, as surely as there's a God, your life will change. Believe. And if your belief is genuine, it produces works fruits works and so you repent that's the that's the righteousness in you now driving you repent romans 2 verse 4 the goodness of god leadeth thee to repentance his goodness is his righteousness and you want to go tell that person i'm sorry what's the impulse the righteousness tells you do what's right you see righteousness tells you go tell him you're sorry you stole his mango hmm? go tell the pastor you're sorry you tried to get him fired go tell him you're sorry the righteousness in you drives you to do that. And he believed in the Lord. Let me ask in the presence of heaven and earth. How many of you believe in the Lord? Can I see your hand? Stand up with me. Ah, oh, and he wants to do more. Mm -hmm. He wants to do more. I want all of you to come back tomorrow. No matter whether it rains or there's an earthquake, come back tomorrow. Listen to God's word again. Before I pray, who will make a decision of some kind? Having heard what you heard, is there any decision you want to make? Yes. Come up higher. Somebody else. Having heard what you heard, what decision are you making? Yes, my brother. Die daily. And, I, and that's no, die daily? Don't faint daily, die somebody else what decision yes sister a closer walk with christ yes christ in your life completely don't invite christ to visit invite him to stay don't make him a guest make him a resident yes sister read his word and believe it don't read it like harry potter read it as a source of life somebody else what decision yes my brother Total surrender. 
And that's every day. Every day. Because Satan doesn't take vacations. Every day. Total surrender. Somebody else. What? Yes, sister. And faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the study and believe this, your faith will grow. Study it, obey it, your faith will grow. Victory over sin will come. Young man wrote me today, Pastor, I'm caught up in masturbation. I gave him the word of God. What else can I give him? Can give him tablets? This. This will change you. And what you used to love, now you hate. Because the very first promise of the Bible, I will put enmity between thee and the woman. God will put into your heart hatred for the things of Satan. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Our loving Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the simplicity of this thing called righteousness by faith. Abraham believed in you, the God, which means he accepted your word, even though he was facing a human impossibility. He understood that human impossibilities are not divine impossibilities. they God. Help us to accept the simplicity of the gospel. To believe that Christ is all we need. And that genuine belief, they God, will produce corresponding works. Bless all those who listened. Help them to understand that victory over every vice is possible through active faith in the all-powerful word of God. Take us home safely. Bring us back tomorrow, I pray. In Jesus' name, let God's people say, Amen and Amen. You may be seated. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.